Welcome to where the big boobs play. Welcome to 20 years of Baywatch. Our week-by-week breakdown of syndicated television's number one show, where each implant is reviewed on the 20th anniversary of its bouncing. I am your chief lifeguard, Tim Root, and with me as always are my life-saving companions, the voluptuous and caring David C.J. Amantorp. <laughs> nice, top billing. <laughs> and the machismo-ridden masculinity idol himself, John Mitch Amantorp. Yes! Oh, 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 baby! Oh, I get. I I was wrong. Yeah, I, you spoke too soon. <laughs> Uh, as you may have gleaned from that introduction, uh, this is a special bonus episode of 20 Years of Nitro, where instead of reviewing an episode of Nitro, we are instead looking at the February 19th, 1996 episode of Baywatch, an episode entitled Bash at the Beach, which features uh, some of our favorite WCW stars. Guys, how are you doing this week? Uh, good. I, I I enjoyed this like walk down memory lane with the Baywatch, and especially... I mean, obviously, we had to start with the Baywatch theme because that that song is epic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, th- I um, I'm really excited about this too. <laughs> <laughs> you s- you said it in a way where you're like, "Is it cool to say that?" Is now, long long time listeners may recall uh, that we actually started talking about uh, WCW's association with Baywatch way back in September of last year, right around the time that Nitro and thus our podcast debuted. Uh, there was an angle that they shot where. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was lifting weights just kind of on the beach in between takes, I guess, keeping those keeping those biceps fresh. And uh, the Taskmaster came and started pushing the weight down on his chest, and he was saved by Ric Flair, who at the time uh, was was sort of a babyface. He was doing mm-hmm. a thing where he was feuding with Arn Anderson, and he was trying to uh, recruit Sting to help him. Uh, it all turned out that he would betray Sting and reform the Four Horsemen, but at the time that particular angle was shot, he was a babyface. Though on the show, uh, he's portraying a heel. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> it, a, a lot going on there. <laughs> Do you think WCW had to adjust their booking around the airing of Baywatch? <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> and I, I remember pointing out at the time because they showed that like clip for a few weeks, or at least, at least twice, yeah. and uh, and you could see in the background that the Baywatch. Uh, babes were like laughing because <laughs> they thought it was ridiculous, which which I mean it is because I I was pretty sure didn't Taskmaster have like his full robe on and everything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we start breaking down the episode, I'd like to remind you that you can find us at facebook.com slash twenty years of nitro on Twitter at twenty years of nitro. You can email the show at twenty years of nitro at gmail dot com. You can find us on the OSW podcast section of piledriverwrestling.net. dot net. And you can always find us on the freaking awesome network at freaking awesome network dot net. Uh, although after they all find out that we just reviewed Baywatch, uh, <laughs> we may be off all those networks next week. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and and when they realize how much fun we had doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit of background for those of you who uh, were living under a rock in the 1990s. Baywatch is a series that ran from 1989 all the way to 2001. Uh, it also spawned a spinoff show known as Baywatch Nights and uh, spent the final two seasons as Baywatch Hawaii. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's not only a show, it's a franchise, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there were constant cast changes throughout the majority uh, of the program, but the mainstay was always star David Hasselhoff, who plays Mitch. 
Uh, he also became an executive producer after the show's first season uh, it, because it was originally an NBC-produced show, uh, but NBC canceled it after a single season. Uh, however, the producers and Hasselhoff were convinced that there was enough potential uh, for this show to continue, so they went. Uh, they spent a year basically putting together all the necessary deals to continue the show as a syndicated production, uh, meaning that it was sold directly to local affiliates rather than being put on a network like NBC or ABC. Uh, syndication has died a little bit, you know, in this day and age, uh, but at the time it was a very popular distribution method with a lot of very popular shows, uh, including Star Trek, The Next Generation, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and, of course, Xena, Warrior Princess. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Baywatch soon became a massive success, largely thanks to international viewership. At one point, the show is reported to have a weekly audience of 1.1 billion people in 148 different countries. <laughs> How did it only last like 12 seasons? Then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, at, you know, at that point, it was considered it was it was always regarded as the most popular show on Earth. And actually, some of those other shows that we mentioned would supplant it at various points. I believe at one point, Hercules may have been, and I know for sure that Xena was. Mm -hmm. uh, for a while, Xena Warrior Princess was the most popular show on Earth. So these syndicated shows, uh, like we said, just, you know, we kind of look at a lot of those shows, uh, even Star Trek The Next Generation, which would probably be considered the, uh, critically, like the most accomplished of those shows. Yeah. E you know, all of them are still regarded to some degree or another as cheesy or having cheesy moments. Mm -hmm. uh, but worldwide, they were very, very popular. In 1993, the show's three creators, Michael Burke, Douglas Schwartz, and Gregory Bonin, teamed up with Hulk Hogan, who had recently left the WWF after the steroid trials, to create a television show called Thunder in Paradise, in which Hogan rode around on a boat and solved crimes or some bullshit. I, I've never actually watched Thunder in Paradise, but I believe that's more or less what happens. Uh, yeah, I, I think... John and I have watched more than a few episodes of Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> Isn't it essentially a night boat from The Simpsons, except for the boat's not like a robot. The boat's just a regular boat. But essentially, it's just it's, an no, airbrush. Yeah, there's boat always with Hulk Hogan's no, face. On like, it. There's uh, always an inlet or a fjord or what, yeah. <laughs> whatever the fuck that and, line is. And, <laughs> return to Night Boat, the crime-solving boat. Faster, Night Boat. We gotta catch those starfish poachers. You don't have to yell, Michael. I'm all around you. Oh no, the headed for land. We'll never catch him now. Incorrect. Look, a canal. Oh, night boat, go! Oh, every week there's a canal. Or an inlet. Or a fjord. Quiet! I will not hear another word against the boat. Okay, TV off. It's family time. Oh, but Marge, night boat! The crime-solving boat! At the very beginning of this episode, like, with with Hogan. Yeah. Right away I was like this feels like Thunder in Paradise. Sure. And well, same producers, yeah. you know, probably a lot of the same crew, so that yeah, makes perfect sense. When I saw that I was like I I bet like the music or like production was like the same company. Thunder in Paradise only lasted a single season, but it was during the production of that show uh which w a lot of which was shot right next to where WCW was uh taping Saturday night episodes. Uh Hogan was courted via Ric Flair to join WCW. mm Mhm. So Thunder in Paradise, though short-lived, uh, was instrumental in bringing Hogan to WCW and also was instrumental to the uh, creation of this Baywatch episode as Hogan is still friendly with the producers. And uh, so he and WCW work a deal that will feature WCW wrestlers in a Baywatch episode. This episode was filmed in the summer of 1995 uh, with the matches that we will see later in the episode 
actually just being excerpts from real matches that took place in the 1995 Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. So before we start talking about what happens in this episode, I wanted to uh, find out from you guys, what were your memories of Baywatch? Were you guys... Did you watch Baywatch? Were you fans? Casual? Uh, you know, just what was your involvement with Baywatch? Um, I don't need to know what you did while you watched Baywatch. <laughs> no, I, honestly, and I prefer not to. But. <laughs> right. Well, I get, I lost a lot of my material there, I guess. But um, no, I, <laughs> this is honestly probably the first episode of Baywatch I've ever seen. Like, I remember knowing it was on the air when I was a kid and I recognized the theme song. Yeah. But I never actually sat and watched it. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, because it was um, kind of, I think seen as a show for adults back then in the day but i mean watching it now it's really tame you know sure but i don't know did you watch it at all dave no i mean i was well aware of it and i think anyone our age that was like that hit puberty in the mid 90s is was well aware of pamela anderson (laughs) (laughs) um so i think it was like a kind of show where i i think uh at that age i would be very embarrassed to be have my parents see them watching Baywatch. Right. Even <laughs> if you were just watching it right. and, and intrigued by the plot, like yeah. how mm-hmm. embarrassing would that have been? Yeah, because like Baywatch is it's all about like like ogling women. Right. So uh but I mean obviously I was aware of it. Um as you know, like uh the year before, Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy were involved with WWF. Oh uh, yes. they were they were at the ninety five Royal Rumble and also at WrestleMania eleven. So I think that's also how like wrestling and Baywatch are kind of like interlinked already. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I no, I never really watch it. I kind of had like this deja vu that I've seen this episode before because it's oh, a wrestling sure. episode. Yeah. But um, but no, I mean, like I know the theme song. Everyone knows the theme song from that. Like people from that age know that theme song. But other than that, like no, I didn't. When they start introducing like the the secondary characters, I'm like, I have no idea who these fucking people are. Besides, like, there's a guy named Jason with two A's in his name. Whoa, <laughs> I didn't even see that. That's terrible. I I'm uh well, I'm a little disappointed because I was hoping that you guys were fans because I'm in the same boat. I never, I I knew enough. Here's what I knew about Baywatch. I you know I knew the basics. There was hot chicks and bikinis, and David Hasselhoff was on it. Oddly enough, we were just discussing uh, before we recorded a little bit the show California Dreams, which was a show. Uh, basically a say by the bell type show about a uh, group of teenagers that had a band that was you know mildly successful in their local area and uh the one of the attractive blondes from that show later joined baywatch and that's i remember most about baywatch i remember kind of watching never a full episode but definitely getting bits here and there where i'd noticed that she was on and mm-hmm. i liked her from that other show uh california dream so i kind of remember seeing some scenes with her but this is definitely the first time I've sat down and watched an entire episode of Baywatch. The closest I, I came to watching a Baywatch episode before this would be, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but being wrestling fans, you might, uh, watching enough USA, as I did in the mid to late 90s, mm-hmm. there was a uh, Howard Stern-produced satire of Baywatch called Son of a Son of a Beach? Son of the Beach, maybe? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. And well. it had, it had in the Mitch character, uh, there was this c- comedian, I forget his name, and he also was on another USA show that was like a parody of uh, Jerry Springer. Okay. Where it was like a fake talk show, and it was all really uh, terrible, risque, you know, sure, just really dumb adult-themed humor. Mm-hmm. And I really only think I was exposed to those shows through wrestling because they were on the USA Network. Yeah, I. Part of me wa- wants to say that 
the Baywatch Nights was on USA Network. Oh, that could be. And Baywatch, I, I feel like I did see most of one episode of that. Yeah. And I swear to God, I think they were like hunting a werewolf. <laughs> like Baywatch Nights, I believe, and I might be wrong, and I didn't even look it up because I don't want to find out that it wasn't this. <laughs> right. But I believe it was like some of the cast of Baywatch solving like supernatural mysteries. Yeah. Like Baywatch meets X-Files was Baywatch Nights. That okay. sounds fantastic. And yeah, exactly. And if that's not true, I don't want to know because yeah. I want to imagine that a show like that did exist. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, we open after an amazing theme song, uh, and Dave and I were, were, were laughing because we, we watched uh, on YouTube is this, you can find the entire episode, uh, but it is apparently the, the episode that aired in Germany, uh, which has no like noticeable effects except for that at the beginning of the show, there's a crawl on screen of the Baywatch name, but in, Ger- <laughs> in America, that's, you know, seven letters, Baywatch. <laughs> That's actually like nine letters, but or whatever. Sure, you'll get. However there. many letters it is, don't bother <laughs> tweeting me. Uh, I don't give a shit. Anyway, in Germany, it's like D. Do you have it written down? You're looking like, oh, <laughs> no. I was hoping you had it written no. down. It's like D. Schwimmer flogging. It's it's like thirteen to seventeen letters. Yeah, and it just keeps going. And I was like, am I watching the right thing? Is yeah. this is this Baywatch? <laughs> um, I wanted to mention something before we got into the show, though, um, because I. Honestly, I was like, I need to, I need to hear how Yasmin Bleeth is pronounced. Oh yeah, because I was worried I was gonna get it wrong. So then I watched uh, an appearance she had on the Conan O'Brien show. Okay. Um, this is from December twenty sixth, ninety six. So it's like kind of in the same time. Uh, this is when Conan O'Brien would like, I guess every time he had someone on from Baywatch, he kept like increasing the amount of people that watch every week. Oh okay. Um, so this time it was at fourteen billion. <laughs> <laughs> but I want I wanted to mention it because uh um Yasmi Bleeth uh used the word apropos. Oh wow. <laughs> and I liked it because I like that's the Mongo McMichael word. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like one of the wrestlers got it from Mongo and they used it around Yasmi Bleeth. <laughs> like Mongo right? is the source of the apropos virus yeah. and it's just spreading throughout uh, popular <laughs> culture in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we open the show with Macho Man and Hogan racing on jet skis while trash talking, uh, and all the trash talking is via hilarious and terrible ADR dialogue. Like it is clearly yeah. just there in a sound booth weeks later recording that, and it's their lips aren't moving, and you just hear like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, brother, race you to the pier." Hey, Macho, race you to the pier, brother. Let's do it, brother. Hammer down. Good. 
Yeah, and it, it, it sounds like they're in a sound booth, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I should mention, too, um, that I only found this episode dubbed in German. Um, <laughs> but the opening scenes with Macho Man on his uh, jet ski, they don't dub at all. Oh, so really? We so we get the original Macho Man. No, oh, no, no. Oh, we oh. get his actual voice okay. just because they maybe couldn't find an actor yeah. gifted enough to <laughs> do a, a reasonable German impression of him. Um, but, yeah, I, I I have absolutely no idea what happens in this episode. So it's good stuff. <laughs> Uh, so you're just going to be commenting on the visual style of Baywatch. Yes, <laughs> yes. The cinematography, the the art direction. So they decide to race to the pier, and on their way, uh, Hogan is distracted by an attractive woman. Uh-huh. On a, and I believe these are actually, I keep saying jet skis, I believe they're wave runners. I think a wave runner is where you sit down, a jet ski is where you stand up, I think. I, I was trying to figure it out because they use quite a, a lot of different lingo. Yeah. I think jet ski is fine, wave runner is fine. I think a lot of those different terms work for the same thing yeah they okay, just call sure. it a ski a lot of the time or hogan does anyway uh they go the ski let it on my head brother <laughs> or, or whatever i assume he says in english <laughs> yeah why are you saying what hogan said when you have no idea it's, what so, hogan it's said. something like that i don't know <laughs> all i heard was ski <laughs> Uh, a woman, an attractive woman goes by on her own wave runner and says that Hogan is, she goes, looking good. And he just goes, wow. <laughs> and he circles around her. And just like gawking. <laughs> He's never seen a woman before. Yeah, so that that uh, lets Macho Man take the lead in their little race. And uh, Hogan then, he, he tries to cut some corners and make it back. But it ends up with him falling off of his wave runner, which then lands on his head, knocking him out. Face down in the water. Yeah. I, I want to no, note. I mean, by the way, it, what he said, he got knocked off of it. He went flying through the air. Yeah. And they, he did, they did like the over the camera shot. Uh, uh, overhead shot. Yeah. yeah. The if they had a shot or, over the camera, you would oh no, see did, the did camera. Did he go flying shot. over the camera? Like in oh, slow-mo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he went flying over. Oh, he o- they, went over the camera. Yeah. Flying okay. over the camera. And then <laughs> the jet ski lands on his Yeah, head. it yeah, lands yeah, on him yeah. like. Two seconds and later. They, they, I'm pretty sure the impact of that, regardless of being unconscious face down in the water for several minutes, mm-hmm. wouldn't the impact of that probably kill you instantly? <laughs> if I, it landed on his head. I just like I mean, that we're like two minutes into it, and the guest star Hogan is like, he looks dead. He's dying in <laughs> he's the like, water. He's floating <laughs> face down in the water. Th- that's more than he's sold uh, than he's sold for Ric Flair in his entire career is selling to the jet ski at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the episode. It's amazing that he didn't get uh, Ed Leslie on the show uh, to recreate oh, as Ed Leslie's famous there parasailing you, there accident. You go. <laughs> they could have they could have worked it into a storyline. As soon as you said Ed Leslie, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come and save you, Hogan. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me get on my paraglider or whatever. The booty, 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 booty man. <laughs> uh, Hogan is is there. He's out cold. He's unconscious. He's in the water. And lifeguard CJ and Caroline, uh, Pamela Lee and Yasmin Bleeth, respectively, see the unconscious Hulk and head out to save him. And, of course, it wouldn't be WCW if this didn't involve former WWF stars. Uh, so, as Dave mentioned, we've got Pamela Lee, a.k.a. Pamela Anderson, who, as he mentioned, appeared at WrestleMania 11 mere months before this was like three to four months before this was filmed yeah she was at wwf's biggest event of the year it takes uh about seven beautiful women to pull hulk hogan from the water once mm-hmm. they get him all the way back and they yeah. need to pull him up on the beach there's like a, a full team of ladies uh-huh. cj and uh oh god i wrote cj and yasmin so caroline I, yeah well i i'm 
I wrote them all down as like the actor and actress's names because I didn't want to remember all those names because they don't they really don't yeah. refer to each other by their names. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's go with uh, actress names. Okay. Pamela and Yasmin resuscitate uh, the Hulkster, and at this point, Gina Lee Nolan's uh, Neely, thats the name of her character, Neely Campbell or something. What? Kind of. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Uh, uh, Gina, anyway, she's the first to recognize that he's Hulk Hogan. What? Yeah. So about this, <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's uh, so Yasmin and Pamela are like both trying to resuscitate Hogan. Everyone else is standing there watching. But once he, it's not until he regains consciousness <laughs> that they can identify who he is. Yeah. Oh, hey, he's they're, conscious. They're now. such like, pros that they can't get starstruck by. <laughs> A victim of the sea that they need to save. <laughs> Hogan uh, believes uh, that he has died and gone to heaven mm-hmm. due to being surrounded by all the beautiful women. Macho Man then comes to shore, and uh, it's revealed that CJ and Neely, or uh, Pam and Gina Lee Nolan, are closet wrestling fans. And this pissed me off because, mm-hmm. all right, so you've got WCW stars in your show. Uh, it's filmed at Bash of the Beach. The episode treats wrestling like it's an important thing, but still on the show, if you're a wrestling fan... It's like a dirty, shameful secret that you don't talk about openly. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of commitment there. Seriously. It's just this and this, uh, you know, years later in in uh, when WCW made Ready to Rumble, uh, you know, the two characters, main characters are wrestling fans and they're the most like pathetic, gross losers on the face of the planet. <laughs> WCW has a contempt for its fans. Yeah. And we see this a lot in wrestling. They're certainly not the organization. Uh you know, today I believe that WWE has a lot of contempt for its fans. You have to go to Japan to find like anywhere where they actually like respect the audience. You know, that's the well. Anyway, I guess that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> but I just was like really pissed off that they were like, yeah, I'm a closet fan. Like, fuck you. Yeah, they're WCW is probably paying you guys money for this episode. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Macho Man shows up on the beach, and for some reason that I assume has to do with his acting ability, he is still dubbed uh, in with his dialogue. <laughs> no one else is at this point. Uh, and not all of his lines are, but just some of them are. So I don't know what he screwed up so bad that he had to redub his lines. This but really reminds me of when um, all the wrestlers were on uh, Robot Chicken and uh, Rowdy Piper is just doing all this like unintelligible Scottish <laughs> gibberish. Yep, That's what all the Macho Man's lines sounded like to me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Savage, we're going to have to redo that one because I have no idea what you said. Oh, by the way, I like that he's wearing tiny little Macho Man trunks, too. Did you notice and that? He, and yeah. he's, got, he's got the bandana that says Macho Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In case you Just forgot who he was. And then, <laughs> as soon as he shows up, they're like, hey, it's Macho Man. Yeah. How, what was your first guess? <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man is easily uh the well kevin sullivan doesn't acquit himself very well either but yeah. macho man is probably the worst actor of the wrestlers to appear in this episode yeah yeah I he can agree is that. really really bad <laughs> great uh wrestling great personality bad actor yes this is you know he as as bone saw in spider-man uh he's a lot better than he is here <laughs> and he's playing a slightly different character in Spider-Man. Like, here he's literally just supposed to be himself, yeah. and he can't manage that. <laughs> he's a lot more comfortable. You know, I guess that's an interesting way to look at it. He's a lot more comfortable portraying a big character than just acting like a normal human being. Because he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I'm Now I bum myself out. <laughs> at Lifeguard HQ, Stephanie, uh, the aforementioned sort of fl- flat-chested... <laughs> flat-chested old lady on Baywatch. 
I only say it because it does make her unique amongst the characters on Baywatch. <laughs> no, you're right. I that is her character. <laughs> <laughs> She's packing for a picnic, and uh, Mitch, the David Hasselhoff character, uh, and her banter a little bit about her big date with Tom. We learned through some terrible expository dialogue uh, that Tom is Mitch's best friend going all the way back. And it's really confused because he goes, we went, to, we went to rookie school together and came out of rookie school together. But Tom is a, a doctor. He's not a lifeguard. Yeah. So rookie school for what? What does that mean? Did he used to be a lifeguard? And then he was like, being a professional lifeguard is great, but now yeah. it's time to be a doctor? <laughs> you know, yeah, this, this uh, lifeguard thing isn't going to work out. But fortunately, <laughs> I've got a fallback, a medical degree that I can... There, there's a lot about like the plot line and stuff like that that just is like this reminds me a lot of the room. Oh sure, it just <laughs> just he's my best friend. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, even and they don't get to it in this episode, but I am assuming they must later. This has to become some kind of love triangle because Mitch and, and uh, Stephanie are exes. I learned that through Wikipedia. Uh, oh, and and later in the episode, Mitch they, says it about a dozen times. Yeah, but at this point, I I. W- looked it up mm-hmm. so that's uh so they are exes and their level of like banter always has a sexual energy to it mm-hmm. and throughout the episode there's a lot of touching like not just like we're friends and i hug you but like right. we're we're sitting and talking and like i'm gonna move your hand onto my leg and like leave it there uh-huh. you know that's that's not something you do with yeah. your friends and it, <laughs> yeah it's not like hugging they're like embracing a lot <laughs> It moves from a hug to a See, proper embrace. Yes. Since I didn't get English on this, I thought they were brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, that must have been downright creepy. <laughs> well, I was like, you know. Also, um, I, I don't know if this even means anything, but like from the very start, I'm like, I noticed that David Hasselhoff is like wearing a shirt in every scene. Yeah. Like, he's not. He's not showing off, and I don't know if that's just like because they're like in six seasons in and maybe maybe he doesn't look as oppressive <laughs> as he used to but yeah he just got in shape for the opening uh beach running scene yeah, when yeah, they shot it the one day yeah and... it's interesting <laughs> to, to go back to the the opening scene you're talking about so the the theme song plays to you know your opening montage uh, that they play at the start of every episode mm-hmm. and it's mostly you know you think of baywatch as a show about hot women 99 percent of it is david hasselhoff running on the beach like focusing on his stomach and his chest and like his yeah you know he's very hairy like it's a very uh throwback like machismo it's this isn't a bodybuilder all like oiled up he's like uh-huh. you know, he's a hairy man you yeah. know and then you do get some shots of women being attractive and stretching in their bikinis and or not bikini uh, the swimsuits mm-hmm. uh but then the other notable shot of the intro is the character of cody who's like a a big rip blonde dude yeah coming like out of the pool in slow motion wearing a speedo <laughs> yeah. and dude a is tiny just, little speedo he uh. is hanging some dong in that <laughs> speedo like his dick is outlined to a degree that I was not comfortable with <laughs> that's about 20 seconds into the intro too as you get that thing right in your face <laughs> yeah it's like hey baywatch a show about six sexy ladies but first you got to look at this guy's dick <laughs> like that's the test you got to pass like, it's like you've got to earn yeah. these ladies did you get a boner from that no okay here are the ladies <laughs> it was the 90s you know now it's 2016 it's like yeah did you get a boner for that well cool you're gender fluid now here's some ladies you know it's that you can feel whatever about <laughs> yeah it's different now <laughs> um but yeah like talking about hassle off be shirtless and all that in the intro and then every scene he definitely has a shirt or something on i i just like I just was wondering if maybe he got older just as, like, out of shape now. 
Well, interestingly enough, you may also notice uh, that Hasselhoff does not appear in any of the scenes with the wrestlers. Uh, his stuff is completely like segmented off in its own storyline. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, he was supposed to apparently appear at the Bash of the Beach 95, but uh, claimed that he had some scheduling conflicts. So I'm not sure if he didn't want any personal association with wrestling, if he found it embarrassing and so he made sure that if they were coming in that his storyline was completely separate <laughs> i'm not you know i'm not sure i'm just i'm just speculating yeah. but, i think uh, that might go back to the machismo kind of factor too is that he was kind of like the biggest guy on the show i mean the other that could guy be, is maybe obviously in much better shape but he probably didn't want to look small compared to the wrestlers that's that's probably guess. a more uh, uh yeah realistic explanation than than mine yeah that could make perfect sense and that that's like the, he's like the the whole kogan of baywatch he has to make sure that <laughs> that no matter what happens that he looks good in the end uh the we now go to the picnic which looks like a complete romance novel cover uh-huh. like there there's a beach behind them they're on like a like rocky cliff they've got their blanket spread out she's like laying back dramatically on his lap it just mm. it's ridiculous yeah and he and he is wearing like a jean shirt with that's being held closed by one button one button in the middle <laughs> and <laughs> and uh for anyone that's like listening that hasn't seen the show um tom basically he basically looks like rex manning from uh, oh, empire he does records look like rex manning yeah because when i saw it i was like i tried to look up to see if it was the same actor but it wasn't but like for a visual, it looks like sexy Rexy Manning. <laughs> uh, Tom gets paged, and we learn at this point that he's a doctor. I thought you had the whole day off. Uh, no days off for a doctor or a fallacy. As long as there are medical emergencies, there are no days off. Well, I think I'm having a medical emergency right now. It's my heart. Great legs, you know. Is this mold been red around the edges? I don't know. I don't look at the back of my legs that often. Well, you really should, especially with all the sun you get. I use sunscreen. I tan safely. There's no such thing as a safe tan, you know. You know something? I want you in my office tomorrow morning, first thing. And I mean it. Uh, she says that she thought that he had the day off, and his exact line is, Days off for a doctor are a fallacy. As long as there are medical emergencies, there are no days off. <laughs> and so he gets page. I just hang on. He gets page, <laughs> and he outright says it is a medical emergency. <laughs> right. And then he spends the next like five minutes just laying around, making out, and talking with her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get up and run. They're on a like rocky cliff somewhere. He's got to be yeah. n- at least five minutes from his car. You know, if not more. Well, I mean, but she starts, like, seducing him with saying that she has a medical emergency <laughs> and she needs resuscitation. Which Boy, is you wouldn't know how right she is, huh? <laughs> That's so irresponsible. Right? There's, 
Also, someone has died. Yeah, but I need attention right now. He also, we learn later, is a dermatologist. And <laughs> look, I'm sure there are things out there, but I don't <laughs> think dermatologists get a ton of emergency. Okay, I was going to say, I wasn't sure if I maybe missed something. That's yeah. the impression I got. I mean, yeah. even if it's like a fifth degree sunburn or, or I don't know, whatever the most major kind of sunburn is, wouldn't yeah. you go to the ER instead of a dermatologist? <laughs> yeah, like I've got an emergency zit on my ass and I've got like a big <laughs> shoot coming up. Like I, what on earth? Would well, it was <laughs> Malibu, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> days off for a doctor are a fallacy. <laughs> That's the kind of writing we're dealing with on the show. What does that even fucking mean? <laughs> He's basically like days off. Don't be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, so they're, they, like I said, they stay and they make out a bit, but in the midst of caressing her legs and telling her how nice her legs are, and they are very nice, uh, Tom sees an irregular mole on the back of her leg. He gets, like, very angry at her for not <laughs> regularly checking the back of her legs. She, he goes, how long has this been here? She goes, I don't know. I don't really look at the back of my legs. He goes, well, you should. <laughs> yeah. He's so fucking mad at her <laughs> right. about it. And uh, he asks her to come into his office the next day. Right away, th- yes, the next yes. morning. First like, thing. And it's, and it's like it's one of those things where he doesn't explain why. Right. And she, she just kind of has like this look of like <laughs> of like anticipation on her oh, face. Man. And then they just cut to the next scene. Yeah, we, we go straight to the beach where CJ is on break. Hi, ladies. Hi, guys. <laughs> Anyone out there today as crazy as me? Fortunately, no. Well, I was pretty reckless yesterday. I probably never should have stood up on the ski like that. I'd like to thank you and all your friends again for saving my life. Well, you were pretty reckless. How's your head? Well, it's a lot better than the ski. It was totaled when it hit me. You're kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. Hogan walks up to her greeting everyone he sees, whether they're looking at him or, or not, <laughs> right. whether they're in a conversation with someone else. or He's like, hey, guys. Hey, girls. Hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, what the fuck? And then like, one, they'll be like, oh, that's Hulk Hogan. Weird. And then they'll yeah. just go back to talking to that, each other. Oh, and by the way, Hulk here is wearing a great outfit that's four different shades of blue. Yeah, he's got blue jeans, a blue jean shirt with the sleeves cut off, a blue bandana, and blue fucking cowboy <laughs> Shiny boots. Shiny blue cowboy boots <laughs> that he wears for one scene. The boots are the, by far the most ridiculous yeah. part. Uh-huh. And this is the first of many scenes where when Hogan's on the beach, at least one person says, hey, that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> we have to show how famous he is at all times. <laughs> Hulk says that he uh, is heard around the beach, I guess, where after being saved, he's now just hanging out, apparently. I, I don't... Hanging and bagging on the beach with the blue it's, man? It's unclear how many days later this is <laughs> right. or why he's still in the area. It's it's just left up to, like, he got hurt here a while ago and he's still here because... Yeah. 18 months later, he comes back to say thank you. I mean, presumably, since he's approaching CGI, we might be able to guess that there's an attraction there. But that doesn't that doesn't go anywhere. Like he never flirts or kisses or anything, really. Well, according to the Hulkster, it went somewhere though. In one of his uh, shoot interviews, he uh, claims her as one of his conquests oh, from the mid nineties. <laughs> Just what, like he what are the odds that's true? Metallica, yeah. And how he, <laughs> right after he body slammed the seven hundred pound Andre the Giant, yeah, he in went in front of one hundred and seventy thousand yeah. fans. And <laughs> but um, what a fucking pile of work. <laughs> During this conversation, though, we find out that Hulk Hogan does have a history in this area, though. Yes, yes. Uh, So he has heard uh, through the grapevine that the lifeguards have done a lot of work with the Venice Beach Boys Center or Youth Center. I was kind of confusing the name, but I didn't feel like rewinding. I I think I think they they, it changes each time they talk about it too. Uh, Apparently, it saved uh, Hulk Hogan when he was a troubled youth. Uh, So it's it's just sort of a, a center 
where kids can go and and work out and hang out. I guess uh, Hogan says he st- <laughs> <laughs> again the dialogue level we're working with here. I devote a lot of my time to kids. It's my way of giving something back. Maybe I can figure out a way to help you guys out. I devote a lot of my time to kids. It's my way of giving back. <laughs> he just straight up says that. That's so terrible. Well, if you were next to someone like Pamela Anderson, would you try to reach for a line like that? <laughs> just talk about, uh, you know, telling and not showing. Just ridiculous. Uh, CJ says, unfortunately, uh, the, the boys' center is going to be shut down. Uh, it's been purchased, and they can't figure out who bought it. What? Now... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's like for one thing, someone closing down the youth center is like the most like eighties oh trope of yes. all time. It's like time. a Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> I can't believe it. that in ninety six they're still doing someone shutting down the youth center. <laughs> a shady financier, right? Well, I mean, as soon as Hogan mentions there's a youth center, I'm like, that youth center is not going to last. <laughs> <one."> <laughs> we then cut to the youth center where Macho and Hogan work out. This is one of those L A. Uh, like weight rooms that are outside, like on a boardwalk, so people can watch you work out. Uh, and the club uh, comes complete with a likable old owner named Sonny, which I feel like every 80s and 90s youth center that gets threatened to be shut down also has a likable old owner. Yeah. Uh, Cody is there, the the lifeguard with the huge dong, and he introduces <laughs> some of the kids that he works with uh, to Macho and Hogan. Everyone is so bummed out that the center's been sold. The kids... The kids, and I say you, kids or youths, yeah. they're like 24. Right. <laughs> but they're like, oh, the center's going to be shut down. We're so disappointed. And Cody, for some reason, reacts by getting real mad and telling them that training hard means training hard. He's like, hey, I said to train hard, yeah. not sit here and mope. Yeah. And it's just like, man, they were. It, there was like three sentences into that conversation. <laughs> Chill out, Cody. By the way, Cody introduces the the kids to Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's in his full wrestling gear. <laughs> oh, yeah, which, he's got which, different shiny cowboy boots on In, in which it says, like, Hulkster and Hulk Hogan all over him. Yeah. Randy Savage is in his full wrestling gear, and it says Macho Man Randy Savage, like, on his chest. So it's really good that he, like, pointed out who they were. Yeah. Because <laughs> he could figure it out. <laughs> uh, Sonny, the owner of the U Center, says that he's going to figure something out. But they've said that it's sold. They didn't say it's going to be sold or yeah. the bank is foreclosing. They said it was sold. <laughs> so what is he going to figure out exactly? <laughs> He's going to have him killed. Hulk <laughs> says to Sonny that the center helped uh, The center helped him because at one point, according to Hulk, he had a choice between, quote, drugs and the street life, end quote, <laughs> or getting healthy and going to the gym. <laughs> Do you believe for a second that Hulk Hogan as a teenager was – this close to going into drugs and the street life <laughs> in Venice Beach, California. I just remember um, the really cheesy documentary they put out on Hulk Hogan in like the early '90s, where yeah. he revealed that he was like a fat kid growing up. And there's like a scene where like a bunch of bullies back him up against a tree, and they're like shoving chocolate into his mouth. <laughs> I, I picture that being the streets, just maybe a harder version of that. Or like I, when Homer is chasing Uter with the towel. That's that's the streets. <laughs> uh, Macho Man also says that the U Center saved him. As it, so, are we now retconning their history so that they've been <laughs> friends since like childhood? 
I mean, it seems like that's what Baywatch is positing, that they grew up <laughs> together in this youth center. <laughs> and, but, you know, yeah, because <laughs> I think they say at some point that, you know, if they close down the youth center, these kids aren't going to have the same choice you had. <laughs> All these kids are going to go to drugs and the street Drugs life. and the street, like these 24-year-old <laughs> kids. <laughs> Well, they lose their gym, will suddenly oh, be dealing there's drugs. There's no other gym to go to or anything. <laughs> right. We then cut back to Lifeguard uh, headquarters where Mitch is on the treadmill. I guess since uh, we just saw Hogan working out, Mitch has to prove that he also works out. Yes. And for some reason, there's just a guy behind him who's pumping iron. It's like we went from one scene of guys lifting weights to another scene with a guy lifting weights. Yeah, this is like, uh, at this point, I'm like, this is like workout porn. Yes, because the the guy in the back is just like they found someone that's just, he's like ridiculously ripped. Yeah, and he's just like pumping iron, and he's just there just to, to look at him. And then then uh, Hasselhoff stops working out and leaves, and the guy is just yeah. is like working out. Yeah, the scene starts in the gym, and it but it has no need to. Yeah, you can start that scene ten seconds later when after he's left the gym, uh-huh. and nothing of substance would have changed whatsoever. <laughs> right, it's just to show that they're working out. I almost wonder if. In the director's mind, it was like an artistic thematic thing. Like he was linking these two uh, storylines that exist almost in separate universes. He was like, ah, but they're linked through exercise. <laughs> we get a gritty tracking shot of him walking from the workout room to the locker room, too. <laughs> it was gr- oh, yeah, the the um, the locker room where men and women change. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stephanie is, uh, yeah, in the aforementioned locker room. Stephanie's in there. She's kind of picking at the bandage on her leg where the mole was removed. Uh, she requests uh, that Mitch assign her to work at headquarters for the next few days. And Mitch is uh, perplexed by that because she loves the beach. <laughs> she doesn't normally want to be assigned to headquarters where all you do is fill out paperwork. It's just, it's just a few fucking days. Just why all the questions? What kind she of goes, daily paperwork would you need at a, at a beach anyway? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, um... I had a biopsy this morning. <laughs> this is this like, is oh, it, oh, must have been a brain biopsy, huh? This is pretty serious, <laughs> isn't it? This is when it starts feeling like the room. With yeah, the, with, it's with, like, so melodramatic. Yeah, and and like the cancer scare that people don't seem to get worked up enough about. Well, and and she's very worked up about it. Yeah, and uh, at this point, I I mean maybe maybe I was misinformed, but when I was like fifteen or sixteen, I had a couple moles removed on my back and biopsied. And it was, like, not a big deal. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, Tim, you might have cancer. You could be dying right now. It was Please. like, yeah. oh, I want to take a look at these moles. We're going to cut them off and take a look. And I was like, oh, great. And then they called me a few days later and was like, yeah, everything's great. Like, I didn't spend those few days, like, having – and I'm not trying to say I'm so great. I'm trying to say, like, <laughs> the way doctors normally phrase this for people, it's not, like, something that you walk around terrified of unless you're, like, a weird attention-needing, like uh, – I don't want to. I don't want to say attention whore because I don't want to be right. you know gross yeah. about it. But like she's just she's just acting like someone who is using a cancer scare mm-hmm. uh, to feed her need of everyone in her life giving her attention. Yeah, and I have not seen any other episode, so I don't know if that's how she normally acts. But she comes across very unlikable because of this whole bit thing. of a drama queen for yeah, a forty year old drama queen. That's a probably better word for forty around <laughs> fifty year old. I don't know. <laughs> God. I, I thought she was his older sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, she had a biopsy. They're scared. That's that's uh, that's the end of that. Back <laughs> back to the youth center where a limo pulls up, honking the whole time as it pulls up. <laughs> She's like, hey, I'm here. I'm a limo. Honk, honk, honk. 
Uh, who who could it be? Well, you bet your bottom dollar that it's the developer who bought the U Center. <laughs> Ric Flair. So you're the developer. I thought you'd be in a pond hiding under the scum where you'd feel at home. Oh, Hogan, it's wonderful as always to see you again. And Macho Man, last time I saw your face, man, it was under my shoe. <laughs> what are you doing with your time now that you're a washed-up ex-wrestler, Flair? You know what they say, brother. Those who can do. Those who can't, don't. One of that's the case you'll appreciate this. For starters, man, I bought the property. You got it? In a week, it'll all be mine. But today, I'm here because I'm closing the gym down, big yeah. boy. You can't do that. Oh, little lady, that's where you're wrong. I'm the nature boy. I've got the documents. Soon, this'll all be Cardinals. It'll all be mine. Why don't you put your money where you're sorry excuse for The developer is Ric Flair, the nature boy himself. <laughs> yeah, he's credited as nature boy Ric Flair <laughs> in the opening credits. Not, not only that, but like first we get the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Who, yes. That's how he's referenced. In, and he's wearing a full suit, but he does have the Taskmaster paint on his face. Yeah, he looks... And he looks so weird in a suit. Uh-huh. It emphasizes how short and blocky he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he is a strong guy. I, I, he looks like a big baby. He's got a big round belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of his defense on uh, of, of, of that belly, he's he says that he's a power lifter, which I believe he looks like a, his legs look you know very strong. Uh-huh. And he says that kind of you have abs like under your belly because the muscles get stronger and push your belly out. Uh, he gives Scott Norton as another example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does, you know, so... It's a little weirder when you're five foot three. Yeah, exactly. You know, six three. You end up looking like a big baby, a big baby in a suit with some face paint on. (laughs) (laughs) Vader comes out. Vader is just wearing like gym clothes, like a tank, but he does have his mask on. And he's got jeans on too. (laughs) He looks ridiculous in jeans. (laughs) Uh, Flair apparently has a lot of time on his hands now that he's a washed up ex wrestler, according to Macho Man. (laughs) Uh, So why is he a washed up ex wrestler, despite the fact that when this airs. He's actually the WCW <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. Awkward. Well, when it was filmed uh, in 1995, there was a storyline that Flair was retired after losing a career uh, match to Hogan. Uh, it was just so he could take time off. The intention was never that he was actually retiring. He would later uh, come back by like just sort of annoying Hogan until Hogan let him come back. Like That's more or less how it worked out. So at the time this was filmed, uh, he was a, a quote, ex-wrestler. But it's weird because they're shooting it at Bastard of the Beach where he does have a match. I'm not sure how the timeline all worked because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do that level of research for right. our Baywatch episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but in case anyone's wondering why he's referred to as a ex-wrestler, that is why. And the reason why they did the retirement thing, wasn't that to kind of cool him off because they thought he was taking some of Hogan's thunder? Since I, they were still going to m- mostly like southern crowds and things like that. It could be uh, the research, the minimal research I did said that Flair wanted time <laughs> off. And yeah. I forgot to check his book and see if it's in there. But who knows? I don't give a shit. <laughs> 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 Although it is worth noting that uh, even though Flair did, re- not to get too far off top, but even though Flair did retire, he managed to lose a match to Hulk Hogan before <laughs> he was reinstated. <laughs> Hey, Hogan, as usual, your words hit harder than your fist, man. A fight, one-on-one, no holds barred, winner take all. All this property, Flair. Oh, man, doesn't that sound delightful? What's the collateral, Hogan? Something that you could never hang on to, Flair. 
the WCW heavyweight title, brother. Wait a minute, I call the shots. We're making a team. Me and Vader and Macho Man, I want you right here, right now. I'd love to tear you apart right hey, now. A team wins both matches or all bets are off. And whose head am I going to have the pleasure of ripping off, Flair? No, 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 Chump. It's Vader time that's going to rip your head off. You? I was hoping I'd have to have a match where I had to keep my eyes open, Vader. <sighs> Save it for the world to see. Save it for the ring, Hogan. <laughs> come on, let's go. Come on. Hogan, you did me, brother. Come on, baby. And bring escrow papers, Flair. Come on, Macho Man. I'm gonna fuck you right now. Hogan, we're gonna find out who the man is. Oh, that basketball player is gonna look like Vader, you're mine. Flair is easily the best actor of the wrestlers on the show. What do you mean to the wrestlers? <laughs> the best actor on <laughs> the show, period. <laughs> Jesus. That is, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Uh, but it's mostly to be it's mostly because his character does nothing but like shout flare promos. Yeah. Like every line they wrote, they either they either wrote in the script flare cuts a promo. Right. Or they like watched Ric Flair and were like they knew how to they they didn't know how to capture how Hulk sounded or how Macho Man sounded mm. or how real human beings sound in their daily conversations. Right. But they did know how to write what Ric Flair sounds like when he talks. I mean, I imagine that the producer was like, "Okay, Flair, so you you're gonna buy the youth center and you want to make it into condos." And Flair's like, "All right, I got this." <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like a lot of the wrestler dialogue is improvised because earlier. Some of the things Macho Man says, his sentences have odd redundancies or, like, he'll use the same phrase two sentences in a row. Yeah. And as bad as the writing is on this show, like, those are just very simple, like, freshman high school writing mistakes. Uh-huh. So I, it's clear that that's coming up because Macho Man is just probably taking a outline of what he's supposed to say and just saying what he wants to say instead. Right. Or what he, whatever he can remember to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hogan challenges Flair to a match with the property of the youth center on the line, and he is willing to put up the WCW title. But Flair, instead of taking that opportunity, says that he wants Hogan to fight Vader, and he's going to fight Randy Macho Man instead, and whichever team of those two uh, wins, they'll take everything. So one team has to win both matches. And way to devalue the title on Baywatch. To have Hogan <laughs> say, you can come out of retirement and get a title shot all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And have Flair go, eh, no thanks, you fight Vader. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like, it's a really weird thing where it's like, they, they definitely had like booking for Bash of the Beach they wanted to stick with. Yeah. But they, they wanted Hogan to confront the evil Ric Flair on the show. Right. So you could tell they're like, really like trying to figure out how to make that work. And it, it does, it's super, it's really confusing because Ric Flair's like, yeah, okay, but you're going to face Vader instead. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. on, but you're facing Vader. Right. If you kind of tuned out for that, like, one sentence of dialogue, you'd be so baffled yeah, as to why it's... later uh, Hogan is fighting Vader instead of Flair. Right. It's also funny because Hogan says uh, that the match would be for the one thing Flair could never hold on to, the WCW title. Flair, uh, by the time this airs a mere eight months later, uh-huh. Flair has been reinstated and won the championship two more times <laughs> right. and is the champion when this goes on television. <laughs> uh, Vader pops a basketball and flexes and growls. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hogan says maybe my favorite line of this entire episode, Saturday on the beach, 
and bring the escrow papers. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a wrestling <laughs> promo. And bring the escrow papers. Right. Uh, as they're getting into the limo, Sullivan worries to Flair that Hulk is too agile for Vader. Yeah. And this is really uh, about the only lines that Sullivan has that stick out in my memory, and mm. he's so bad. Oh. Hulk's too good at getting in between those ropes. He's too agile for Vader. You know that. Cage, Taskmaster. Once Vader's got him in the cage, he'll never get away. And then the jumping gonna go for this. Sure he will. It'll be too late before he finds out. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. He says, like, Flair, Hulk's too good when he gets between those ropes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that was the best take they could get. <laughs> uh, but apparently Hulk Hogan, w- renowned worldwide for his agility. Yeah. <laughs> Against uh, maybe the most agile big man of all time. <laughs> right, yeah. Vader is quite agile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the plan is to instead trick uh, Hogan and at the last second make this a cage match. And that will throw Hogan off his game right? and allow Vader to kind of trap him and then use his superior power to beat him, I guess. <laughs> so th- this was basically like the, the, the evil doer scheming. Right. You got to have scheming. It's, what is it without scheming? Uh, we go now to Mitch at his like lakefront property or oceanfront property, whatever. It looks like a beautiful cabin on a lake is like where he lives. Mm-hmm. You know what you can afford with lifeguard money. <laughs> <laughs> Head lifeguard money. <laughs> Get it right. And uh, he is, he's literally standing in front of a, f- uh, a roaring fire uh-huh. in his fireplace, <laughs> gazing at a black and white picture on his mantle of Stephanie, his ex-girlfriend, <laughs> whom he is worried about because she may have skin cancer. <laughs> Which, <laughs> just to remind everyone, this, uh, this took place in 1996, <laughs> and he has black and white photos. Yeah, all... <laughs> all every photo on... Every photo is black and white. I could you imagine just gazing at your ex girl? Like you, it's so fucking weird <laughs> having that picture at all. Let alone having it like right on your mantle. <laughs> I because I, this is this is just one episode of a watch. I can imagine like a season's worth or like multiple episodes of him like. Oh no, I'm the ex boyfriend, yeah, but I, <laughs> but I'm just around her and touching her mm-hmm. all the time. And I know what's best for her, and you don't, even though you're a doctor. <laughs> Speaking of the doctor, Tom comes over, and they have a conversation in which Mitch basically bullies him into <laughs> violating <laughs> doctor-patient confidentiality to say uh, what the results of Stephanie's tests were. Uh, so Tom is like, "You know, I can't tell you that," and Mitch goes. Well, would it violate it if you if I knew that she had a biopsy for skin cancer? And Tom's like, "Yes, it would still like <laughs> whatever she tells you, she can tell you." But right. like, yeah, that's still confident. And he goes, "Well, you're not supposed to treat people that you're in love with, so you have to like." He's sort of without saying it, he's almost saying like. I'm going to blackmail you with that information. It's like John Cena logic, trying to get a title <laughs> shot out of the guy. <laughs> it's just a complete dick. Like, Mitch is a real dick in this conversation. Yeah. He's like, well, I mean, you're in a relationship with her, so that's bad as it is. So why don't you just compound it by sharing that information with someone you shouldn't be? Violate um, another section yeah, of the he, code. He's like, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess I'm breaking one rule. Might as well break a bunch of rules. At one point, Tom is saying like, okay, yeah, Mitch, you know, we go back a long way. We're best friends. And another way of saying that, he goes, we've drank from the same milk carton. Does does that mean they fucked the same girl? 
<laughs> it sounds like it. it sounds is that like, like a... doesn't it? I can't. I can't. I mean, I guess the other way is like we're such good friends that I don't worry about your germs and we share a milk carton. But that seems like <laughs> yeah. Does anyone would... drink <laughs> right from the milk carton at all? Let alone <laughs> share it with someone that's else. Neither here nor there. Okay. No. <laughs> but I mean, the fact that they're both talking about the same girl that they've had a relationship yeah. with, talking about drinking I... from the same milk carton. If you know what I mean. Yeah, if that's yeah. what that means, they're talking about someone who apparently means a lot to them. Who may have uh, cancer. Who, who may have cancer, and they're referring to her as a milk carton that the two of them are sharing. <laughs> uh, Tom doesn't completely violate the confidentiality, but when Mitch, uh, he says the tests are coming in tomorrow, but when Mitch says, like, off the record, you know, what do you think? Tom just looks very concerned and sad. So, like, you know, take that for what it's worth. Did he Did he say off the record? He did, yeah. Yeah. Because so the rest of the a... conversation was going to go in Mitch's quarterly right. news, newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go right to HQ and take it all down. <laughs> at, at off ho- the record. You, you, you can just use that as a phrase. Like <laughs> At home, uh, Carolyn, a.k.a. Yasmin Bleef, who is Stephanie's younger sister uh, on the show, she's putting on sunscreen. Stephanie enters the scene and fucking flips out on her <laughs> for not using the right SPF or reapplying it enough. And She's just a total bitch to her sister. Yeah. Go, and goes on, like, like whatever the math is she has, figuring out, like, how long you could be in the sun with a certain SPF. I, I got lost in it. it. Yeah, it felt like they were trying to have, like, an actual educational moment in the show yeah. about using the correct sunscreen and, like, you know, what lasts for how long and when you should reapply. Mm. But she's just rattling off these numbers so fast that, like, yeah. it becomes way too boring, and I didn't learn anything. Yeah. By, I mean, by the way, the scene cuts immediately to Yasmin Bleece's leg. Yes. And then she's, like, <laughs> squir- <laughs> she, she squirts <laughs> suntan lotion yeah. and rubs it seductively out. And then... <laughs> Alone in her own home. Do you want to yeah. describe the color and consistency of the suntan lotion, Dave? <laughs> it was it was good. Gross. <laughs> uh, Carolyn tells her sister, I know that you're going to get through this and be strong. And Stephanie goes, I don't want to be strong. I just want to scream and cry. <laughs> and Carolyn goes, I'll be strong for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I looked something up about this because I was curious. Because... Isn't skin cancer's got to be like the most curable form? Of, I mean, yeah. Tom Tom will actually say later in the episode that as long as it doesn't spread to other parts of the body, it is one hundred percent curable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that we'll we'll get there. It'll, okay. That'll come up. Don't okay. worry. That, <laughs> I did a lot of legwork for this episode. So, <laughs> by the way, that was that was a line that I wrote down too. <laughs> I don't want to be strong right now. I just want to scream and cry. <laughs> it, it. I mean, again, like you were saying, it it's definitely seems like. It's really melodramatic and just like begging for attention. And by the way, these two are not believable as sisters either, or as human beings. No, no. Because <laughs> I mean, what? How old is Yasmin Bleeth here? You think like twenty, maybe? Uh, I don't know, early twenties, something yeah. like that. And honestly, the step is Stephanie. Um, she looks like she's like fifty. No, I think she does. Come off it. No, she looks like Hollywood fifty. She this. is. I don't think she's over forty. I would be shocked if she was over forty at this point. Okay, well, even so, that makes her like probably close to twenty years older. Sure, that's sure, that's sure. weird for two. I mean, it's, it's not weird, but it's unusual for a show to have, you know, sisters that age apart as opposed to a mother and daughter. I would okay, yeah, and and she just looks really fucking old compared <laughs> to Yasmin Bleeth, but that's. Uh, we now go to Hulk on the beach. He tells CJ that everything is set for Saturday and all the money they're going to make 
uh, from promoting these matches is going to go s straight to the youth center. So first they're going to win the papers, and then they'll have all the money that Sonny needs to get back in his feet. Uh, and that's kind of funny since Bash at the Beach, the pay-per-view where they actually film the matches, mm -hmm. is notorious for just being on a beach for free for tourists and making no money. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's like the same one they have, like, Hog and Road Wild that they mentioned that yeah. they're, they're like, yeah, we we like make no money off of it from people watching. Yeah, and, and Hogwild and Roadwild must have been like high six-figure losses in terms of revenue for them, like for how expensive they were to put on. Yeah. But at least Bash at the Beach was probably pretty cheap to produce, you know? It that, certainly looks... I was about to say... <laughs> I was about to say it they, looks like your local indie fed yeah. set up all their shit on the beach instead of in a bar. Like, yeah. It's yeah. real on... But we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, back to Hogan and CJ on the beach. Uh, nearby, a kid falls off a rock, and then somehow the same rock falls and traps him, like mm -hmm. it falls on his leg. Yeah. And CJ and Hulk rescue him. It's a, it's like, oh shit, we've got two minutes in this episode. We're short. Like, quick, write a scene where Hulk and CJ yeah. save someone together. Yeah. It, <laughs> it serves no purpose. When I was a kid, I probably would have thought this was like the coolest part of the episode. Him <laughs> lifting, lifting the rock, getting his like veins pumping and all that stuff. The rock that's obviously styrofoam and is mm. a completely different color from all of the other uh -huh. surrounding rocks. It, it's yeah. like when you watch the old cartoons and like nothing in the background is lit up except right. for like a door. You're like, that door's opening. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, this also has one of my other favorite interactions when uh, CJ and Hogan run by a mother and her kid. Mommy, mommy, I just saw Hulk Hogan. Matthew, what if I told you about making up stories? But mom. Can it, Matthew? And the kid's like, mommy, mommy, I just saw Hulk Hogan. And the mom says, Matthew, what did I say about making up stories? But I did see him. Can it, Matthew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that She's mom trying to tan. <laughs> she cannot possibly tan and think at the same time. Right. She's laying there doing nothing, and the last thing she wants to do is have a conversation with her son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking terrible mother. We now go to my favorite scene in the entire episode, which is Stephanie having a bizarre panic attack where she wanders the beach while working uh excuse me uh you girls are getting sunburned so you should either cover up or put on a stronger sunscreen because it's the burns you get today they'll increase your risk of skin cancer when you get older so is this what you're using baby oil offers absolutely no protection against the sun do you have any sunblock put it on Uh, excuse me, can I see that? Sure. This is just a sun magnifier, you know. You should be using sunblock if you don't want to get burned. Okay. Be sure to put on enough sunblock on your baby, okay? And on yourself also. Are you using sunblock? You should be putting some on. Oh, high SPF. Excuse me. Uh, she's wearing, like, full pants and a jacket while she's working on the beach now. And she is just yelling at everyone about sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, whether they have sunscreen, whether they put enough on their baby, what SPF are you using? That's not enough. When did you reapply? And the music is, like, heightening the tension. and <laughs> It's just, like, it's this way over-the-top scene of her descent into madness. <laughs> and she's had one mole biopsy. This is, like, a supervillain origin story. <laughs> We then see her argue some more with Carolyn, who gives a fuck. Uh, Tom comes back, uh, and it's clear by his face that things are not good. 
he confirms that the initial results are that it's melanoma, which is uh, the most serious type of skin cancer. Uh, but he needs more tests to see if it has spread or if they got it all. And here's where he tells her that if it didn't spread, it is 100% curable. Right. The only issue would be if it spread. By the way, Tom has a really just terrible poker face when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to revealing things. As soon as he shows up, you're like, "Oh wow, thank you." <laughs> I mean, he looks like he just found out his dog got ran over by a car. <laughs> Every time he shows up, just a wet blanket. Uh, we then go to Baywatch. Uh, this is one of the things I remember about Baywatch. I believe every episode has essentially like a music video in the episode. Right. A montage of stuff around the beach or whatever. In this particular one, our song that we get for our music video is appropriately American made. And the montage is all of Hogan training, lifting weights, mm-hmm. uh, jogging, running up some steps like the end of Rocky. Except for there's only like six steps. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Hogan's old, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you could tell he's old because he is walking. He's running really gingerly. Yeah, and <laughs> you can tell that cardio is not normally a part of Hulk Hogan's <laughs> yeah. routine. See, they were obviously trying to get like the Rocky training montage thing here, but watching it now, it just reminds me of that Jack Nicholson movie, Something's Got to Give, where like his character has a heart attack in the opening scene, and he's like walking around the beach later, and like his doctor says. You can't have sex until you can walk up a flight of stairs. And he looks really old, like eyed up the staircase. Yeah. That's what this scene reminded me of more than Rocky. <laughs> yeah, there's like one part I liked was when he was he was trying to like make sure that he's at least going faster than the kids. Yeah. And there's a kid that like is backflipping yeah. faster than he's running. <laughs> It seems so weird, too. Like, they were getting all the extras together, and one of the kids was entertaining some of the other kids by doing a backflip, and the director was like, ah, how do you want to do that around the beach? Right next to Hulk Hogan. Like, it'll look real cool. What kid would say no to that? (laughs) But in context, it makes no sense. You've got, like, 20 people jogging, and this other kid just like, I'm going to do a backflip. Great. Get the fuck out of the way. We're jogging. Like, what are you doing? By the way, running on the beach has got to be really bad for you. I would think so. Yeah. Like, I, kn- I know it, it's kind of a, tr- obviously on this show it's a trendy thing, but, like, that's got to be so hard on, like, your on knees On this show, and, I, for a minute, I thought feet. you meant this podcast. I thought you meant, like, on <laughs> no. our podcast, yeah. we love running on yes. the beach. <laughs> we on this podcast train exclusively on the beach. This podcast featured in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, we now get Stephanie and Mitch walking along the beach. Uh, <laughs> here's another amazing bit of dialogue. Stephanie asks Mitch, do you remember that cruise we went on? Remember that cruise we went on? You mean the one where you got shot and fell overboard and I jumped over to save you? Yeah. Remember what you promised me when we were drifting? Drifting? Drifting. I mean, when I'm fighting off the sharks and trying to keep you conscious? Yeah, yeah, I remember. You promised me that you'd never leave me. And you promised me that everything would be all right as long as you were there with me. And Mitch goes, you mean the one where you got shot and fell overboard and I had to jump over and save you? <laughs> and then seconds later, he's talking about dragging her unconscious body through the ocean while fighting off sharks. <laughs> and I love it because, like, in an episode, like in a show like Baywatch, where every episode contains this, like, over-the-top crazy shit mm-hmm. that, like, if it happened in one person's life would be the story they told for the rest of their life, yeah. but instead it's happening to them every episode. Normally on a show like that, 
you never talk about the past because you would have to acknowledge how many things these characters have gone through. Right. And it just it calls to mind how unrealistic it is. But on Baywatch, they openly just go, oh, yeah, that cruise? Oh, yeah, you were shot and fell overboard, and I had to save you, including the fending off of sharks. <laughs> and, and it was such a non-event that she has to ask him as if he would have forgotten <laughs> that. Do you remember? <laughs> no, which cruise? Uh, the cruise that was taken over by pirates and we went back in time? Or the one where you got shot and fell overboard and I fought that shark? <laughs> which one of the... I, I, this is one of the scenes, I think, isn't this the scene where Mitch says... Hey, what's an ex-boyfriend for? Yeah. <laughs> Usually they're for fucking off and leaving them alone. Yeah. I mean, that's been my experience, but maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> they're for fucking off. <laughs> awesome. We now go to a series of, it's it's sort of a montage, I guess you could say. It's a series of news interviews where the wrestlers are giving promos to local news stations yeah. about Saturday's big upcoming matches. Except for all the news stations have done are send a cameraman and a microphone with their different channel numbers on it. Because mm -hmm. the microphones do change channel numbers, so there's multiple networks. Yeah. But instead of any reporters, the people asking the questions are CJ and Sonny and then later Cody. Yeah. And then when it switches over to Flair in his promo, the Taskmaster is the reporter. <laughs> right. And he's holding the <laughs> microphone. What the fuck is going on here? The newest is just like... All right, Gene, get down there with a camera and a yeah. microphone and have them interview each other. Yeah, we're getting this one gorilla style. <laughs> so weird. But by, by the way, at this point, this is when the 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 episode like seems to really change and become like basically a glorified WCW show. Yeah. That has the Baywatch people in it. It's, oh sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really weird. Like they they seem like they're they've become like spectators to their own Baywatch show. Uh. At one point, Neely asks a question. She asks as a reporter, and she this is the Gina Nilo Nolan character. Okay. She asks Macho Man a question, and he goes, Julie, I'm glad you asked me that. Calls her the wrong name, <laughs> and they just kept it in. I'm, I'm not sure if they couldn't understand what Macho Man was saying, because mm. it almost sounds like he's saying, truly, I'm glad that you asked me that. Right. But I watch it like four times. He yeah. calls her Julie. <laughs> That's how you're going to earn... Who's Julie? Also, speaking of calling people the wrong name, Flair calls Taskmaster Taskmasker. <laughs> he who masks the tasks. <laughs> uh, so then we go straight up to the footage of the matches from Bash at the Beach. Uh, it's Randy Savage versus Flair. That's all we know from watching the episode. So you might be confused watching Baywatch. Why, when they cut to the match... Booker T, Johnny B. Bad, and a bunch of other mid-carders <laughs> right. are standing around the ring in tie-dye t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, at Match of the Beach 95, this match was billed as a lifeguard match, which is just a lumberjack match, mm -hmm. except for tie-dye t-shirts apparently signify that they are lifeguards instead. <laughs> so instead of the flannels you get in a lumberjack match, they're, they're lifeguards. This is the closest Johnny B. Bad would get to Nitro before the end of his career with WCW. <laughs> Hilariously, uh, as we watch the match... They they just cut different you know parts of the match, but they actually use sound effects like from a cheesy TV show for all the punches. Yeah. So you're watching parts of a real wrestling match, mm -hmm. but you're getting those added like. I'll, I'm probably cut. <laughs> the the duck sounds. But <laughs> but you get all those weird you know like steak slapping each other sound effects that yeah. some guy makes in a booth for a TV show. Uh -huh. It's really, really weird. Yeah. I've never seen wrestling like that before. I feel like that could be someone's YouTube series where just they every month they put out 30 seconds of wrestling with, 
you know, like old style movie sound effects. Mm-hmm. It's what did you guys think? Was that as off putting for you? It, yeah, it, it's weird because the guys are still like stomping the mat when they're punching too and stuff like that. It it was weird and also it's just, like with this and the second match with Hogan and Vader like as a wrestling fan you could tell when moves are out of order right oh and, yeah and and like <laughs> things are out of order and sometimes they show clips more than once and then <laughs> and like the ending's all fucked up too <laughs> if you, you want to describe the ending well. <laughs> Savage, Randy Savage goes up to the top, which you assume is for his flying elbow, but instead he hits a flying double axe handle, and then they they cut to like the audience as they announce the winner. It's it's like this weird thing where it's like he goes for the pin, and then the, it cuts right away like he's standing up like he didn't go for the. It's just yeah. it, it's really bizarre, and uh, I don't know. It's just like someone that was cutting it clearly has not like seen how a match. <laughs> works or how physics works too. I, I bet it's something like they didn't want to have two like three counts in like a five minute span on Baywatch for the two different matches. I like, kind of like Tim what you were saying about like the freshman year of high school like dialogue writing classes and stuff like that. In that case they should have thought about that when they booked the endings and they should have come up with something you know they should have come up with a different ending for one of these. No <laughs> just <laughs> Baywatch had nothing to do with Bash at the Beach back when the event happened right? Uh, like no one from Baywatch showed up or no, anything. No, I think that they a couple of the chicks were there and they showed up okay. on camera. I don't. They didn't like give interviews or promos, but I believe that they were there and they were shown. Yeah. Okay. You'll you'll see it later because like Hogan comes out with all like the lifeguard ladies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember him coming out with the lifeguards at the show itself, but I didn't know if those were just like kind of generic uh, women I don't think in red swimsuits from Baywatch, but I think yeah. they're meant to. Meant to be like okay, extras, sure. or, you know. Okay. By the by the way, it should also be mentioned that like starting when Savage gets into the ring, we start getting a bunch of advertisements for Slim Jim. Oh yeah. Including Randy Savage when he gets in the ring, takes off his coat, and then triumphantly holds up a couple Slim Jims in the air to the applause of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and then the steel cage where that comes up has Slim Jim logos on it too. Did that at the Bash of the Beach too? Like was it was Bash of the Beat sponsored by Slim Jim? I think they were. Yeah. I, I assume yeah. I assume it was because he brought that with him from WWF. Yeah, and, uh, I really like yeah. Uh, yeah when Bischoff mentions in the promos that he basically got Randy Savage for free because Slim Jim brought in more money than yeah. he had to pay. <laughs> Back in the locker tent, Flair is not worried <laughs> as uh, Vader is going to handle that Hogan. Uh, CJ sees the cage going up and. That wasn't part of the deal, you guys. Uh, it, it is like literally the Slim Jim cage. Yeah. Each panel of the cage has a big Slim Jim logo on it mm-hmm. at some point. Vader comes out, and I, I just mentioned this because we, we never got to see Vader on Nitro. Yeah. Uh, I love his fucking giant, like, H.R. Giger yes. uh, mask mm-hmm. thing that he wears. It is one of my favorite things in that, all like, of wrestling. That, like, blows the smoke out of it and stuff. Yeah, and they don't do it on this episode. I don't yeah. know why they... I don't know if he didn't do it at that bash or if maybe the helmet didn't have that yet or something. Like, why would you not include the part where it blows that awesome yeah. steam out of it? It's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And also... Did they they like dubbed over a new announcer? I think for the show. Oh, did they? Couldn't afford Penzer, because it, or mean, did Michael Buffer do it? And oh, I to, bet that's it. They might have had to pay Buffer yeah. money. Do you think he did the whole thing with like a tuxedo shirt and like little like Bermuda shorts and stuff too? 
and then they all they announced Vader. I think they said he was like four hundred sixty pounds or yeah, something that like that. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, like how much on. do you think Vader actually weighed? <laughs> like three forty. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say mid three hundred something like that. I mean, because they advertised the giant as being like four hundred fifty pounds. Right. Vader is not as big as the giant. No. Right. Uh, we then get the match. I don't have a ton to say about the match. It's, you know, just clips of Hogan versus Vader in the cage from Bash of the Beach. And this, this is the one where it's like, everything's way out of order. Yeah. We get the moment where Hogan rips off Vader's mask. Uh, but we don't see that in the match, he like wears the mask for a few minutes, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, um, we get the big boot and the leg drop like halfway through to like no reaction. And then he hits a big boot and the leg drop later. And we don't see the pinfall. They just say he won. Yeah, but don't they put the big boot and leg drop in the wrong order at the end? Like, doesn't he actually it, win the match on Baywatch with the big boot? It's all out of order. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I can't remember. Honestly, the matches were the part I paid the least attention to. Yeah. All the, I was just, like, I, waiting for them to be I done. I mean, like, once the first match started and you kind of realize, like, oh, they, they're kind of, like, all cut up and they have weird sound effects, I'm like, I can't. I can't watch yeah. this. <laughs> and, and, like... Uh, I know Hogan slamming Vader happens at least twice, and it's the same clip. Hogan uh, wins, of course, and cuts a promo uh, immediately. He's <laughs> so sweaty yeah. that all of his blonde hair is sticking to his head and his neck, and it makes it look like he has no hair. Mm-hmm. And it's creepy. He looks like he has a tiny little alien head, <laughs> and I finally get why he didn't just shave his head when he went bald. It looks fucking weird. Yeah. This giant guy with his little bitty head is bizarre. <laughs> he needs that like ring of blonde peroxide crap to yeah. like to just balance it out a bit. It's it's mm-hmm. I finally get why he keeps that. It it really actually works for him. Uh he celebrates with the belt, the escrow papers, and all the boys who were saved. Yay. Yay. And that's it. He never uh like I said, I'm surprised he never hooks up with CJ. Although maybe the character was too PG to just like hook up with a woman in a one night state. Ah! He's not gonna be a recurring character or anything, you know. So. Right. Isn't it weird though how uh, if you go way back to the beginning, the woman on the jet ski who hits on him at the beginning that he says wow to. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird how in movies and TV they do this in No Holds Barred and, and a few other things he's in. They always approach the Hulk Hogan as if he is irresistible to women. However, like, right. I've never in my life known a single woman to say they find Hulk Hogan attractive. Right. Like, he, uh, he's, like, got a great body. You can't take that away from Hulk Hogan. But, like, he is not an objectively attractive man. He's weird looking. No. I, I think it's just, like, big muscles are synonymous with, like, being attractive. Yeah, I guess. It's just always so weird to me when you watch this and it's just women are just killing each other to like get to hulk hogan you know <laughs> you know it also would seem like a thing that hulk hogan wants to like re- be reassured and be like, sure be like okay if i'm in this i mean like pamela anderson ha- kind of has to like me you know because i'm hulk hogan yeah it's interesting how you get it at like how his character has to be like desired by sexy women mm-hmm. but like he's a true good like American guy, like he he keeps him at arm's length because he's chased. Like yeah. he has to be desired by sexy women, but he can't actually like hook up with sexy women, you know. And, and also because I I he's married at that point too. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, also one thing I did want to mention as far as the Hogan Vader match in the clips, they at least show one time when Hulk Hogan does a heel thing, and when that's when he does like the the boot rake on on Vader when he's on the ground. So I was like. Even on Baywatch, mm-hmm. his heel tactics come through. 
Uh, Mitch and Stephanie are in our final scene, and they are standing on like a picturesque <laughs> rocky cliff. It might be the one from the picnic earlier. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, this is where Mitch, as I mentioned earlier, he like takes Stephanie's hand and puts it on his own leg, yeah. and then like moves his own hand, like here, put your hand on my leg. That'll help you feel better. <laughs> Uh, so they're just kind of snuggling inappropriately until Tom shows up and uh, they ask him if the cancer is spread. And he says, yes. I'm, Holy shit, you guys. I mean, again, when he showed up, he had the answer like all over his face. You know, I was legitimately surprised because I didn't think that Baywatch had storylines that carried over past a single episode. So I thought like, oh, she has a can this episode. She has this cancer scare. And then at the end. It's all fine, and we all learn a valuable lesson about SPF. Like, right. I was not <laughs> expecting that I yeah. would actually have to tune in next week to see what was happening with Stephanie and the cancer. That was <laughs> shocking to me. Between the three of us, we'll never know either. No, I'm, as far as <laughs> I, I know, I don't plan now. to revisit Baywatch. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know because I will refuse to find the answer. <laughs> actually, well, refuse you cannot because I believe I saw in her Wikipedia article that she dies on the show in a different way. Hang on, I'm, gonna look that up. I'm not going to look it up. Killed by pirates or something? You can <laughs> Right after us. beating cancer? You can find us at facebook.com at slash 20 years of nitro or on Twitter at 20 years of nitro and you can tell us how the character of Stephanie died on Baywatch. <laughs> we are, we'll be over here on the edge of our seats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's the end of the episode. What did you guys, what were your overall impressions of, uh, Let's start with you, John. What were your overall impressions of this German episode of Baywatch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll feed your Zane to Baywatch, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, for a show that seemed like it was kind of taboo to watch back in the day, it's pretty tame. I mean, it's yeah, it's like not even PG. It's like G-rated content. You know, there's the, like the sexiest things like the were in the theme. The song. Hulk Hogan <laughs> scenes. <laughs> right. You mean? Right. Yeah, no, besides the irresistible Hulk Hogan. It was the theme song. It was, yeah. Because uh, there you get, like, the women stretching in their bikinis. You get Cody hanging dong. You get yeah. uh, Hasselhoff running in slow motion. Uh -huh. Everything past that point, I guess the next sexiest thing would be Yasmin Bleef putting sunscreen on her legs. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. that's the next closest thing that happens. Yeah. But one thing I will say, though, is I actually really like David Hasselhoff. Like, I, I don't think I've ever actually watched a full episode of a show he's been on until right now. Um, but I think he's, like, a really... Um, I, I understand why he's popular, and I actually kind of like his music, too. I have a couple of Hasselhoff albums. Uh, well, we're going to end the show on that note yes. while Dave and I go drown John in the bathtub. <laughs> Thank you for joining us uh, this week. Hooray! And we'll see you next week back where the big boys play 20 years of Nitro. When I was a kid, you and this place saved my rear end. I had a choice. Drugs in the street life. We're getting healthy, working out, and get back, and get the right here.